Welcome to episode five of the Better Than the League podcast. I'm your host, Tom Carter, and we'll be joined alongside Ben and Dave as we recap the week four matchups and break down what we are looking forward to in week five. We will briefly discuss the idea of switching to a dynasty format in 21. And after losing to Dave last week, I will have to give him 10 compliments that will inflate his ego. This episode is going to be a fun one, so let's get started. Let's break down week four. We'll start with the Dayton LG show pigs getting their second win of the season, 105.1 to the Naples Nighthawks, 71.8 for them. Jake barely breaking 100 after two consecutive weeks below 100 points. He really needs to pick it up if he wants a shot in the playoffs this season. And poor Gerber, back-to-back lowest score award, and it's not looking bright right now. He's really struggling, especially looking into this week. Poor Gerber. Next game, we go to Miamisburg Motorboaters with another solid win against the Gem City Ganugas, 148.7 to 82. Aquaman with the highest scoring team over the past two weeks, which is why I reflected him at number four in the power rankings. And after a historic performance by the Nugs last week, a real sloppy performance against the Motorboaters in the division game, you hope to see him bounce back after this, but he's with Gruber right now at the bottom of the power rankings. Next game, the Cincinnati Cobra Kai taking on the Pleasant Ridge Raptards and blowing them out of the water, 141.7 to 113.2. Cobra Kai now 3-1 and lead the Avengers division, while Matt squanders a golden opportunity to take charge in the division. Really roller coaster team this year. Next game, we got Nashville Tallnecks obliterating the Berg Bangin' Burrows, 152 to 80.9. Eric shakes off last week's embarrassing performance with a second-highest scoring output of the week. And then Michael loses his only good player left in Nick Chubb. So he's still looking for that first win, and it's looking pretty difficult for the rest of the season. Our co-host Ben Williams with the highest score of the week, 170.4 against boys to men, 142.1. Best game of the season for the Big Blue 69ers, and boys to men look to avenge their bad luck against the Bang Burrows. Boys to men with the third highest scoring team in the league, sitting at 1-3. and three. We'll see that change shortly. And last... But not least, Boston Baggy Belugas, Bright Lights, Prime Time, defeat the Cincinnati Swolces 139.8 to 119.6. Puts the Baby Belugas at 4-0, the only undefeated team in the league and ahead of the very difficult Justice League division. And after being the highest scoring team through three weeks, Cincinnati Swolces take a huge step back after Calvin Ridley blanks on prime time. But we'll be back. We'll bounce back better than ever this week. So, gentlemen, let's start with Ben. What was your biggest takeaway for week four? So my biggest takeaway, I think, has to be the baby belugas beating the Swolstice. And that's not just another shot at you, Tommy. That separated Dave as the clear leader of the Justice League division, and he's the only undefeated team remaining in the league. So, I mean, that was a that was a huge game. and. I think he he took that step separating himself from the rest of the division. Yeah, at some time, the, the alpha dog just has to step away from the pack. <laughs> you know what they say, Dave. Alpha dog doesn't have to say that they're an alpha. So what was your biggest takeaway? 
we talked about it early in the season and it was one of the big unknowns last week covid really took a hit across the entire nfl saw a couple big players go down impacting the titans we'll have to see how that all shakes out for for the titans but also with Cam Newton and now also Stefan Gilmore, we'll have to see if that impacts any of the, the Chiefs schedule and, and really how this plays a factor into fantasy in the following weeks. So, Dave, as we brought up, we were the primetime game last week. And so the wager was loser has to give 10 compliments to the winner. So I, I created a list today, and it was very difficult to just shorten it down to 10 because I had about 35 on the first draft. Got down to about 20. Pretty much impossible, but... It it really was an impossible task to ask of me, and it consumed my whole day. So thank you for distracting me on my Wednesday. So let's start with number one. I got my list going now. Number one is you are the most diverse person that many people don't know about. Two, even though I still have beaten you in basketball, three to two, you are the superior athlete. It was a fluke, and I will ride that until we play again, which may not be ever. And that's what my goal is. Was that a compliment or a confession? It was a confession, which turned into a compliment. I said you're a superior athlete. All right, that is a compliment. Okay. I feel like I'm kind of the the moderator in this uh, situation because... Obviously, Tommy has to give it, and you're the one receiving the compliment. So I'm going to go ahead and count that compliment. Okay, thank you. I was going to say, a good athlete is a compliment, even though we don't use it very often these days. It is a compliment. The the 2-3 score was a little bit of a jab, but all right, all right, I'll take it. Number three is I really respect your competitive drive, but also the way you're able to compartmentalize it. Because I still remember when we were playing some rec basketball and you had 13 points, perfect efficiency. We lost 13 to 15. I shot 0 for 8 and you somehow took the blame on yourself, even though I was garbage and you killed it. So I love the fire that you have. I also love the ability to take accountability, even though it wasn't necessary. Number four is if I have one person that needs to get a team wipe, I'm trusting you. You're my number one for that. Five, shoe game, unbeaten, unmatched. Shoes for any situation known to man. You got it all. Six, not many people know, but extremely artistic, very talented. Your work on Photoshop as well as your paintings are amazing, and you should do that more often when you get the chance. Seven, Great cook. Obviously, Taylor has to be better because she is, but you're a fantastic cook. So that is something that I wish I was. Eight, you are a good shit talker because you are able to find one imperfection and hammer it down and ruins all talking. So that is a great strategy. You wait for the blood in the water and you attack it. So that's my number eight. Number nine, I'm extremely proud of where you are in your career, very career driven, but what you've achieved so far at your age, being just shy of 28 years old, is incredible and should not be taken for granted. I think it's incredible work that you've done. Number 10 is the adversity that you face. A lot of people don't know 
and I won't go into it, but the adversity that you faced from your childhood to where you are now, and no one knows about it, it just shows incredible humility. It's makes me more proud to call you a friend, a brother, and I love you more than anything. So those are my 10 compliments to you. And I will never give another one again. So that's it. Yeah, I hope not. I really hope not. That was the worst two minutes of my fucking life. <laughs> Hard for me. Yeah, wow. I was very upset. Oh, my God. Wipe those tears away. Oh, geez. Anyways, fuck you guys. I hate you both. Also, going back to number five, the team wipe, I'm pretty sure I would pick Sam over me. All right, so let's be clear, probably. Yeah. But it was well known that we're talking SSBB here. Yeah, and that, I mean, that's just that's just a fact. You picked the right choice. I'm good for one every once in a while, but yeah, I'm no Schwimpson. So. That's like the black magic. You just like sneak out of there and you... You don't know when it's coming, but you will do it, Ben. Yeah, exactly. But I'm not on the consistent level that you are. Okay. So so let's talk. Let's move on to something we really haven't talked about, but we've been recording for the past four weeks is the Pick'em standings. That's something I, I'm better than Dave at as I sit 20 and four after going five and one last week, betting on myself as that one loss. 20 and four through four weeks is. Pat on the back, great record. Second place, you can consider tie for second. Dave at 16 and 8. He went 4 and 2 last week. Ben didn't get his picks in because I didn't ask him for him. So he's at 12 and 6 after going 0 for 0 last week. And then I need to talk about Michael because he was texting me about it last night. Michael went 4 and 2 on the week. Sorry, Michael, for giving you that second loss. He bet on me against the Boston Baby Belugas. Going forward, Usually this is a point where we talk about the power rankings. Uh, We talk about the awards. If you want to check the power rankings or the awards out, feel free to go to the lead notes. They're all there. Just one note about the power rankings. It was the easiest power rankings I've done to date. I feel like 1 through 12 is right where they should be. And my co-hosts agree. Now we talk non-football topic like we do each week. We're doing last meal. What is your final meal before your death day? Ben, what are you choosing? So when I think of the last meal question, I think of something that it's got to be like comfort food and brings like some nostalgia to you. It's not necessarily like the greatest meal you've ever had, but that consistent go-to meal that you always have that always cheers you up. And for me, that is a very simple pepperoni pizza. I love pizza. I always have ever since I was little. There are a few things that I enjoy more than just a pepperoni pizza, so I got to go with that. It's a classic. Cheap, too. You probably could buy a couple, eat the whole thing, throw in a hoagie, and call it a day. Allegedly. Allegedly. Dave, what do you have? So my last meal is dependent upon a few things. One, if my last meal is because I'm doing a crime – I got to go just complete psychopath and just like a single carrot or like one stem of broccoli. Just go completely crazy. But if I'm going out on a high note, I've lived a good life. I'm going out. I'm picking my last meal. I want to go with something that has multiple things that are delicious. 
Everyone loves chicken. Can't go wrong with ham. You can't go wrong with cheese. And you can't go wrong with a little crunch. So I'm going with chicken cordon bleu. It's been one of my favorite meals since I was little and, and just can't beat it. Excellent choice. I can't recall the last time I've had a chicken cordon bleu. And I don't know 100% if I've even had one to begin with. All right, so flatten out chicken breast. Use, depends on what type of ham, black forest ham preferably. You'll roll out the chicken breast, line it with black forest ham, and then line it with cheese, roll it up, put a couple toothpicks in it, dredge it in some panko breadcrumbs, and then bake it. It's all ooey gooey and delicious. So Dave, part of my 10 compliments was that I said that you're a great cook. So how about you make that for me next time? I'll take that. Okay. And then you'll do the cheesecake competition as well at that point in time. It's a competition. Um, yeah. And you're right now you're the underdog. <laughs> so good luck. I will always be the underdog in that competition. Yeah. You know it. So Mine is a little bit more luxurious than the other two, even though chicken cordon bleu is like midway. I'm going with a filet mignon. I'm talking Jeff Ruby's dry-aged filet mignon with mashed potatoes and gravy. I love mashed potatoes, and I don't have them anytime. So to have that for my last meal, you give me the quality of the filet and just like the comfort food of the mashed potatoes. Actually, I want it right now. I might swing by KFC after this and get some mashed potatoes and gravy. It sounds so good. Mm-hmm. Dude, that's a solid choice. It's so good. Are you going with, are you like a lumpy mashed potatoes or completely creamy smooth? Honestly, I'll eat whatever. If it's potato, if it's smashed, if it's mashed, if it's whipped, whatever. If as long as it's a potato and it's got some butter in there and then gravy on there, I'm sold. You can even put cheese on there. I don't care. You can't really mess up mashed potatoes, in my opinion. All right, blue-collar mashed potatoes. I like it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But not box. Not box mashed potatoes. No, I need a sure. real potato. That's that's implied. That's a blue-collar mashed potatoes, the box and water. So let's jump to week five matchups. The meat and potatoes of our podcast. Oh yeah. And this week looks to be an interesting week with a couple great games and a couple blowouts brewing. Dave, I assigned you two games. Let's talk about your two games. Yeah. So for the first matchup, let's, let's go through the boys to men and the banging burrows. So I know last week really pulling for Michael's team. I thought it was going to be the week to come through. I was hoping this week was going to be the week again. And then Nick Chubb goes down. And then you have the question mark of Julio Jones, what his injury is going to look like, what his production is going to be. And outside of those two players, you got real minimal production out, out of the rest of the team. And you do have the bright spot with Joe Burrow. Um, that's looking like it's going to end up being a real good keeper for next year. So I, I really like the boys to men and the matchups that they have. I think they have the favorable matchups outside of Mike Evans going against the Chicago defense couple other matchups there, too. I mean, going against Washington's defense, you got no Chase Young. Not going to be able to get the real pass rush there. 
So I'm really liking Tommy's chances this week. I think we're going to see a, a pretty big discrepancy with the score. I'm going 138 to 107. I'm giving this one to the boys to men this week. Ben, what do you think about this matchup? I think Dave's spot on there. It's unfortunate Nick Chubb going down and, you know, like you said, Julio's coming back, hopefully. I just don't think he's got the horses this week. And Tommy has, for all his complaining so far, he does have a point. He has been a high-scoring team. He's just been very unfortunate with the schedule, and I think this is the game he gets to snap that unfortunate losing streak. This is his best team to date. There was a team probably, I think, 2016-2017 where he lost Kareem Hunt to suspension. That was probably one of his better teams. But he faces Michael, and poor Michael has faced – the top teams in the league and he's gotten just destroyed by them all. And his one star was Nick Chubb. His drafting skills kind of led him astray this year and injuries and age in the receiving core just decimated his roster. I don't think it's close boys to men. You get your win this week, two and three. Michael goes down to zero and five and looks towards week six for his first victory. So, Dave, a game that could have been a primetime game. Talk about the Big Blue 69ers versus the Cincinnati Swolces. Yeah, just like Eric, I was pulling for this one to be the the primetime game. So we got a good matchup both in the chat and on the field. Definitely the most qualified person to talk through this one, seeing as if I beat both of the teams already this season and the only one to do it so far. And I think one of the things that really stands out to me, the fact that Tommy's showing this is the big blue 69ers versus the Swolstice. He already knows who the A side of this matchup is. So I think that's that plays a key factor in it. We did see a huge week from Ben last week, putting up over 170 points. And that's with the down week from Miles Sanders. So I get some production out of Miles Sanders this week. He does have a tough matchup going up against Pittsburgh. But then the emergence of Kittle, displaying why he's the number one tight end in the league and could really be considered a wide receiver one, the numbers that he puts up. And then C.D. Lamb breaking out last week as well. So I do like the matchups that Ben has. I also like the matchups for Tommy, though, too. So I think it's going to make a real intriguing game and real high scoring. I think what it's really going to come down to, Russell Wilson going up against the Vikings defense, just putting up massive amounts of points and Highly doubt we're going to see another goose egg from Calvin Ridley. So I actually have Tommy winning this matchup, going 143 to 136. My man. And Ben, we can use the end of the podcast to give our little 30-second trash talk. And we can really hash out who we think is going to win. Because obviously, I think I'm going to win. And you think you're going to win. So we can wait to the end of the podcast to kind of break it down fair enough fair enough so i will go to my two games i have scheduled for myself and we'll start with the easy one naples nighthawks versus pleasant ridge raptards i'll keep this pretty short and sweet it's not looking good for alex poor alex this guy like i say each and every week and i feel like i'm saying it too much i had such high hopes for you in 2016 through now and it just hasn't panned out if michael thomas is actually going to play you have a shot but 
right now with Dak Prescott versus Matt Ryan, I Dak Prescott's throwing for over 400 yards a game, and your roster looks the best it's looked all season, which I will give you that, but you still have a ways to go. I think you're going to have to wait till week six to get a, a victory, so I have Pleasant Ridge Raptors win this one. Yeah, I I think Tommy's right on with that one too. Gruber, I, I do like your starting lineup if you have a healthy Michael Thomas and Devontae Adams, but with Michael Thomas coming back from injury and Devontae Adams on a bye week, I just don't like your chances against the Raptors this week. Sorry, Gruber. Yeah, I mean, I hate, hate to be basic here again, but just don't like it for Gruber this week. Just don't like the matchups. The one good thing for Gruber, though, we have seen the emergence of Todd Gurley, so that is a bright spot for him, but just not bright enough to overcome this week and all the, the firepower on the Raptors. So I'm actually going a third straight week where Gruber scores under 100 points, going 134-97. Well, Gruber, this is one of your higher projected games at 103.8, so hopefully you can defeat Dave's prediction and go over 100 and make it close. So the next game looks good in terms of record. So you have the Miamisburg Motorboaters 3-1 versus the Dayton LG Show Pigs 2-2. I've talked about the Show Pigs in terms of their scoring output is 10th in the league right now behind Logan. So younger brother has the higher points, even though he's one in three. And you have the highest scoring team over the past two weeks, the Miamisburg Motorboaters. When I look at this lineup, I do see a closer game than what I just said in terms of the scoring output. I really like Jake's matchups this week. And I think that a couple of his guys who really haven't turned it on are finally going to turn it on this week. When I say that, I have, you have Kenyon Drake against the Jets, which is a favorable matchup. And DJ Moore really hasn't been the wide receiver one that you hope he would be going against Atlanta, who just lost another safety. They have no deep help. It's a perfect time for Teddy to go deep to DJ Moore. And even though he made a crucial mistake of cutting Justin Jefferson, meaning he cannot keep Justin Jefferson, he's got him in his starting lineup, and Justin Jefferson is putting up wide receiver one numbers. Looking at Eric's team, you see two-headed monster at running back who are just going to thrive. But really, Tyler Lockett had a kind of bad game against Miami, and Mo Ali Cox is going against the Browns, but he only had one catch for a touchdown. I'm actually going to go with an upset, and I'm going to think that Jake's going to have the best output he's had this season, and he's going to steal this one from the Motor Betters. Yeah, I think that that's a spot-on breakdown, Tommy. I like the point about DJ Moore, so that was one of the things I had down too. I think this could be the, the breakout party for him. One thing that does concern me, though, when you're looking at the running back position for Jake, I mean, you got David Johnson in there as a flex. His touches are continually going down week over week, so not sure what type of output he's going to be able to get there. And then Eric going out on the waiver wire and really spending some cash, I think, was a big thing this week, picking up Mo Cox and spending a lot to go get basically the Browns' backfield. So I can see it, and I think it will be a close pick. I can see why you're going with the upset. I just I'm not too confident in in David Johnson to really pull through, so I'm going to go with him having a real low week. I'm actually going to go 125, 119, the motor boaters. Yeah, I think this is definitely going to be a close game, and it's a pretty tough one to call. But I just have more faith in Dalvin Cook and Kareem Hunt than I do Joe Mixon going against Baltimore, which hurts me to say, being a Bengals fan. I mean, Kenyon Drake, I just I want to trust Kenyon Drake, but I never can. And 
also, I think one thing that's important to note is allegedly the Titans got caught working out when they weren't supposed to in a group setting and they had a couple more positive cases. So it's still up in the air, whether or not the NFL will punish them. So I don't think Tannehill's exactly like solidified in at that spot right now. We don't know what's going to happen with that game. So based on those factors, I'm going to have to go with the motor boaters. All right. So let's jump to our last two games. Ben, you are in charge of those games. Talk to us about it. All right. First up, the Cobra Kai versus the Gnu Ganugas. I think this is a very intriguing matchup. I think Tom Brady is starting to come on and feel comfortable and start to get in the flow with that Tampa Bay offense, even though they are going up against Chicago defense, which is pretty solid. Once I once again, you know, I was talking about that Titans game and one of Brett's best players is Derrick Henry when he's healthy. And I'm just not sure what's going to happen there. And this one, I think, is going to be close either way. But I think Tom Brady is going to have a solid game. I think Travis Kelsey is going to have a solid game. And I'm going to have to go with the Gnu Ganugas with the upset over the Cobra Kai. I love the pick. I love the upset here. But I got to disagree with you here. And picking the Ganugadugas as much as we know how much I love the Ganugadugas or the Nukes. Cincinnati Cobra Kai, they didn't have Derrick Henry last week. Still puts up great performance. He loses Derrick Henry this week, most likely. I'm going to go with an 80% chance. But then you look at Logan's roster, he loses A.J. Brown. And then in terms of firepower, I think that Logan has a very good team. I don't like Tom Brady going into Chicago. And I don't like Devonta Freeman at all, any New York Giants players, especially in the backfield. So just because of that, I'm going to go with the Cobra Kai winning this one. Yeah, I got to agree with Tommy here. I think this is going to end up being, I actually have this as the closest match of the entire weekend. To me, what it's coming down to is Aaron Rodgers being out on the bye week this week. If it wasn't for that, just the ridiculous numbers that he's putting up, I had to have more of a runaway win. But having Brett having to play Gardner Mishu, I think, makes this a lot closer, which will basically end up with more points for James Robinson for Logan. Hopefully see more uh, more yards and carries out of James. Um, so I think we're going to get a real close matchup here. But out, really outside of the tight end, I like the matchups for the Cobra Kai. I'm going 121-117. Uh, All right. So that leads us to our primetime game this week, which includes our co-host Dave against the Nashville Tallnecks. Ben, break that game down for us. It is interesting seeing, it looks like Deshaun Watson is starting to pick it up a little bit, and I think that's definitely going to help out Dave's team. I think when he drafted him originally, everybody looked at that as like, oh, that's going to be a big strength. And granted, they've had a really tough schedule so far, but going up against Jacksonville, I expect Deshaun Watson to have a Deshaun Watson-like performance. And I know I keep harping on it, but Josh Allen has been phenomenal, but they play the Titans, and I still don't know what's going to happen with that game. So that does leave me a little bit concerned. And Eric's backup quarterback as of now is Jimmy Garoppolo. So that's definitely something to watch. I really like how DK Metcalf has just been going off and I think he can continue to do that against the Minnesota defense. And I think Odell Beckham is picking it up as well. 
but I don't know that he's going to have quite as consistent a season as someone like DK Metcalf, and especially this week going up against Indy. I think this is going to be a really, really close game, but I'm going to have to give the edge to the baby belugas. I just see more consistency. And like I said, the Josh Allen thing scares me a little bit. So I got to go with the safer pick. I think that the fantasy football gods have just been looking down upon Dave. Dave being the seventh highest scoring team in the league, yet undefeated. And he gets the highest scoring team in the league, the Nashville Tonics, without Aaron Jones. And then most likely, Josh Allen, John Brown, not playing. You have Mostert coming off injury. you got Odell going against the number one defense in the league right now. I think you face the tall necks on the right time, Dave. And I'm going with you again. Boston Bay Beluga is going to 5-0 and on the season. Yeah, so obviously I'm a little bit biased, but there were three points that I have that you guys kind of touched upon. I think number one is Watson. So Deshaun Watson getting outside of the umbrella of Bob, I think is a huge, huge benefit. We saw it last week with putting up numbers. Tommy, like you said, no Aaron Jones this week. And I highly doubt we'll see another 35 plus point week out of OBJ. And then the third point here, we're looking at flexes. My flex players and Tyler Boyd and Devontae Parker consistently get targets week in and week out. And that puts me in a position to, to get points there. So for those three reasons, I like my chances this week. I'm going 139 to 131. Good to have a tight game for prime time. So originally I was going to talk about Dynasty League, but there's some breaking news. We will now be a podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And because of that, we need to keep our podcast a little bit shorter so we can do this podcast on a relatively cheap deal. So we're going to jump to our last topic, which is let's do 30 seconds of trash talk. Now, Dave, be the mediator. Ben and I are facing each other, obviously, on the podcast together. And we each get 30 seconds to say what we need to say. And I just want you to make sure that you cut us off at 30. Doesn't matter if we're, don't let us finish. Just 30 seconds. Does that work for you? Absolutely. And and to make it fair, I'm holding up a number on my hand. I won't change it. Number one through 10. Both of you guys pick. Whoever's the closest will start first. Or he has the choice if they want to start first or go second. We'll keep this one fair. All right, so I got my number. Seven. I'm going to go with four. I should have gone with three, though. Yep, you should have. So it's three. So, Tommy, you're, uh, it's your little mellow action. Mm, buckets. I know three is like your favorite number, so I was going to go with three, but I, sh- I went with four. And then I realized I made a mistake. But thank God that Ben doesn't pay attention like I do. So I'm going to go last. I'm going to let be the rebuttal. All right, Ben. Once you, uh, once you start, I'll get the 30 seconds going. All right. Let's just dive in. So, Tommy, I will say your team's been pretty solid so far. But this week, you just don't have the matchups like I do. So I'd like to lead off with how about them Cowboys? You know what? They're struggling, but their offense has been lighting it up. And you know what the perfect medicine is? The New York football giants who suck. And I think either Zeke or Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, 
probably all of them are going to go off. And I think that is going to end up burying you. Good breakdown, Ben. Ben, great breakdown. Good to talk about the Cowboys, which is your whole roster. And I just want you to know that you've only had one good game this season, pretty much. And I've been good three weeks out of the four weeks. And let's be honest, I've been there. You haven't. I'm good. You're not. I'm going to beat you. Russell Wilson, unlimited, going to take off against Minnesota. And you might have Amari Cooper do well, but C.D. Lamb's not going to do well. Not Butterfingers, Ezekiel Elliott. My team's just going to run train. All right, Tommy. Time's up. How'd you do last week? We're on to the Big Blue 69ers. (laughs) So, Ben, I wish you would (laughs) have... So, to break down this whole shit talking here, I wish you would have led with that, Ben, and just went silent for the next 28 seconds, and I would have given you the win. Would have been a closer matchup. It was a bold statement going off and starting the trash talk with a compliment that threw me off my game a little bit. And then going in and talking about the Cowboys and and the Zeke matchup, it's kind of a given you're going to talk about Zeke. So I I would have liked to seen some more creativity out of you. Tommy, I like the breakdown. Russ Unlimited is the king of the NFL right now. He is MVP. You hit a little bit more on the actual matchups, delving into the actual, um, like the football side of it. So I like that. And condensing that all into the, the 30 seconds was good. Just like my pick for the week, I'm going with Tommy winning those 30 seconds. Sorry, Ben. Yeah, he pandered. He pandered with Russell. He didn't break down shit. Hey, Ben. Fuck you. Oh, and that's why we have the explicit tag. And that's why it's explicit, and that's what we're ending on. Gentlemen, week five, we're upgrading. Upgrades, people. Upgrades to Spotify. Apple. We're going to hit the mainstream media. We're going to take off. Next thing you know, we're jumping part of my take as the number one sports podcast. We're on the up and up. So with that being said, so long, guys.